soldier of Bayhive's army, man. Yes. <laughs> you been training a lot? Uh, man, I, you know what? I just love it so much. I just, yeah, I'm always active and always, you know, staying on the court in some way. So, uh, yeah, you could definitely find me, you know, still hooping and one-on-one -on -one or jumping in a workout, whatever it is. I love it. I love it. All right, man. I'm excited to talk to you. It's like, you know, you you haven't aged a bit, man. It's I I remember working out um, with you and BJ back in the day, and you know, you you still out here giving guys buckets. You still out here getting up and down the court. It's like uh, you got a time machine or something up there in Syracuse. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. I just I mean, I, like I said, I love to do it still. Um, you know, it keeps me active. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm fortunate enough to, man, to still be able to do it. So when, you know, when did your journey begin? When did you know basketball was uh, an integral part of your DNA and something that you wanted to, you know, make not only a game or not only a recreation, but uh, part of your business, part of your life? When did you really fall in love with the game of basketball? I mean, it was early for me. Um, I'd probably say by, you know, seven eight years old i mean you know i always had a ball in my hand you know i remember you know being in elementary school lunchtime having the ball in my hand bringing it to school outside shooting during lunch the only kid and um you know after school same thing and um you know walking to to school and from school having the ball in my hand so um you know i fell in love with the game early and um i was just fortunate enough to have my dad who supported me a whole lot um and introduced me to the game and um, you know, he kind of um, supported me all, along the way. And, um, you know, it just, you know, for me, um, it just kind of took a hold of me. And, and uh, you know, from then on, I just, uh, like I said, was at it every day. And, um, you know, basketball has done a lot of stuff for me, for sure. For sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, you talked about always having a ball in your hand. You talked about uh, your, your dad and his support and how that helped you navigate through not only the game of basketball, but the game of life. Talk to me about growing up in Michigan and, you know, how that, you know, set the tone for the rest of your career, the rest of your life. Like what lessons did that teach you and did that give you uh, to prepare you for this journey you've been on? Well, like I said, I was, I was, you know, fell in love with the game early. So um, I was always playing with older guys, you know, so I think that really kind of helped me as far as, um, where I got my edge and kind of play with that chip on my shoulder. Um, it toughened me up. Uh, you know, it would be grown men out there and I'd be in the, you know, fifth, sixth grade, fourth, fifth, sixth grade and, um, you know, going up and down competing with them. So um, that's really kind of where I got my edge and my toughness and, uh, you know, my little bit of brash delivery as far as trash talking and stuff <laughs> like that. We, you know, growing up, that's how it was, man. That's how guys competed. And, um, you know, they talked a little bit. That's how we got after it. It wasn't anything personal. It was just, you know, it was just a part of the game. So um, that's that's definitely where I kind of got my edge and, um, you know, I got my competitive spirit. And um, I think Michigan overall is kind of known for um, having that toughness as far as, um, you know, basketball players. You know, we have Saginaw, Flint, uh, you know, Detroit, Grand Rapids, those cities. Th those are really hard-nosed areas and, and uh, a lot of tough players come out of there. So um, and, and I was fortunate enough growing up to be able to travel throughout the state and, and play in all those cities. So, um, yeah, it definitely um, had an effect of, you know, how I played going forward. So, you know, you had that 
that that growing up, that upbringing, uh, that passion for the game, playing against older guys has really, you know, put you in in the position and know that you had to earn yours on the court. You had to fight for what was yours. Uh, tell me a little bit. Tell me the story how you ended up at Oak Hill. You know, how did that come about? Um, so I was at Bay City Central for three years, uh, public school in Michigan, uh, and I remember playing AAU uh, with the Michigan Hurricanes and. Um, I remember one summer, uh, Oak Hill and, and the coaches and the staff, they, they came to Bob Gibbons and watched us play. And that's when um, we kind of connected and kept in touch um, throughout that school year. And then going into my senior year, um, I remember talking to my AAU coach and him going back and forth with the coach staff over there. And, um, you know, I just remember making that happen and him telling me, you know, what type of school it was as far as, you know, the basketball tradition and things like that. And, um, you know, so we made it happen and, um, you know, I spent a year there and I was fortunate enough to play with some guys like Kevin Durant, Taiwan Lawson, Jamont Gordon, uh, you know, everyone on the team was, was a division one guy, but, um, really that year, um, changed my whole life from a basketball standpoint, you know, just to be able to play and experience that, um, you know, it was like college. It was like, I already did a, a year of college, you know, with the traveling and in the competition and the schedule that we played. Um, so Oak Hill was um, outstanding for, you know, uh, my maturation as a basketball player going forward. And a lot of people don't quite understand, right? You hear the, the argument or, you know, why are players leaving Michigan going prep and why, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and, and working on that side and working on that stage, um, I saw the, the vast difference. And I actually just had a conversation earlier today with A.J. Turner and, you know, we were talking about De La Salle versus New Hampton, right? And, you know, what that was like for his process and his progress. Talk to me a little bit about, like, what the on-the-court life was like, the training, the, you know, the, the film study, all those different things. How did Oak Hill give you kind of uh, a step up in your preparation before going off to college? Well, I mean, besides the competition, I mean, you know, the guys who were on my team were high, high level. I mean, you know, we could, the team that we had, we could have competed with, you know, some low level D1 teams. I mean, we just had that type of talent. I mean, we had uh, McDonald's, All-Americans all, all around on our team. Um, but it was, you know, this, it was a basketball school. You know, we went there and our focus point was, was basketball and homework. So um, that's what it was every single day. You know, our routine was the same, wake up, um, get ready for class. After that, we're doing we're doing practice, we're doing weights, we're doing individuals, and um, you know I think it, it like I said it just prepped me for that next year going into Syracuse. I was already ahead of the game. Um, you know we were traveling like we were in college. We were playing against um, high level guys like we were in college. So um, I think when you go to a school like that, like especially Oak Hill, um, you know it's going to prepare you for the next level because um, that's what you're going there for. It's the same thing as. You know, when you see these um, European, you know, players, they're going to school for basketball. You know what I mean? That's what they're focused. That's, this is what you're going to be. You're going to be a Division One athlete. So, um, you know, that's what kind of Oak Hill is. It's um, you're going there to focus on your craft, which is basketball. And um, it definitely prepped me and gave me, uh, you know, a step ahead going forward to Syracuse. Awesome. Awesome. And then you headed off to Syracuse. Um, you, you got to play for you know, arguably one of the greatest coaches in the history of the game, um, Coach Beheim. Uh Talk to me a little bit about 
know, what Syracuse did for you as far as, you know, just learning about the game of basketball, but more importantly, you know, learning about yourself and learning about, you know, life and being prepared for life. Well, yeah, that was, you know, well, being at Oak Hill, um, that was kind of really my first time, you know, being on my own and um, getting sort of that college-like feel to have that re those responsibilities of being on your own. And then when you get to Syracuse, and now it's a whole other level because, um, you, you know, you're front and center, you're on ESPN, you're playing high-level basketball, um, you know, and, and on the campus, you're the man, you know, along with your teammates. So um, it's a lot of attention. It can be a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I had my ups and downs, but um, I think the biggest thing that um, uh, Syracuse um, taught me was to be able to keep going and, uh, you know, fight through those ups and downs and stay consistent and um, try to be as positive as you can. I was fortunate enough to have a good support group around me that, uh, you know, kept my mind positive. And, you know, even when I made some mistakes, um, you know, they kept me looking forward and um, getting me back on the right track. And, um, you know, as far as just playing there, to be able to play for a Hall of Fame coach, I mean, I just saw the other day, this is his 40, I think, 44 season with Syracuse. I mean, he's he's the, you know, I think the longest standing coach at a Division One college by like 20, 25 years. You know, the second guy is like, I don't know if Tom is over 25 years or something like that, or, or it might be Krzyzewski. But to get that knowledge from a guy like that who's been around, you know, Hall of Famers, I mean, he's coached. LeBron James, you know, D-Wade, all those guys with USA Basketball. Um, so to be able to get that knowledge is, is unbelievable. And he really taught me um, to be able to have composure and to have patience, especially in crucial situations. I mean, you know, we, we talk about the game. You see him and how he conducts himself in that huddle, you know, when you're up 20 or when you're, you know, down one with, with 10 seconds ago, his composure and his patience, he's the same. You know, his demeanor stays the same. And um, you know, he, he really taught me that to be able to keep your composure and be able to make the right decisions in, um, you know, crucial situations or, you know, not so, so crucial situations. So I learned a lot from just watching him and then obviously being on coaching staff as well. Um, I got to see another side. So just being able to see that was uh, uh, awesome and, and I'm super grateful for it. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's awesome. And that's, uh, that's amazing to have that kind of that kind of tutelage. Um, and I think there's obviously something special about Syracuse um, for the alumni. And, and we always talk about the alumni base of any school, right? You talk about that, you know, both athletes and non-athletes. But one of the things I can say about Syracuse, especially, obviously, it's very apparent uh, when you, you know, watch the tournament, right? Like, you guys stick together. You guys are, are a family. You guys are a brotherhood um, that lasts and transcends long after you're done playing. So, obviously – you know, it, it was a good experience. I mean, like you said, you joined the staff, you know, you're still around, you're still around uh, those guys. So the, the impact that that program has had on your life had been huge. Uh, when guys ask you about Syracuse, you know, when you, you know, when somebody says, hey, define what that, what that is, what, what is it like to be a, an Orangeman? Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, I mean, you said it. I mean, it's it's that family environment. I mean, you look at the staff right now, everyone played on Syracuse. Coach Bayheim coached all those guys, and now, um, you know, they're all coaching in on staff. And, um, you know, you could uh, be a guy who played in, you know, 1990 and, or a guy who played in 2005. It's going to be like you played on the same team, you know, when you see each other. That's just how it is. I mean, you know, we link up and get together in the summer for 
uh, fantasy camps um, or whatever it may be. Just, you know, a lot of former guys come back and come to the tournament. Like those past few years, they were able to come to Syracuse. A lot of the former players come and the current players were there at the game. So um, I think coach did an awesome job of, of making that happen. You know what I mean? And um, like I said before, him being there 44 years, he's coached every, everyone has had him as a coach. You know what I mean? So everyone knows what he's like and, um, you know, they have their own stories. So it's kind of cool to be able to share those stories with, you know, say DC, a Derek Coleman or a Lawrence Moen and, and, um, or, or a Jeremy Grant, guys like that, you know, so everyone um, has their own experience with Coach Beheim And um, yeah, it's, it's a family, man. And, and I don't think you really get that a lot from, um, you know, Division One colleges because they change coaches so much. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you can't really say other than, you know, Syracuse, Duke, Michigan State, schools like that that have had that coach for that long. So um, to be able to have that and, you know, have all those guys play for him, it's awesome and it's special. And, um, you know, it just goes, goes to show, you know, uh, what Syracuse really is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's awesome to hear. Um, that That's, you know, you look for a place like that. And when, you know, I'm helping guys through the recruiting process, for me, it's always finding the right fit. Um, and it sounds like Syracuse was the right fit for you, but you alluded to it a little bit earlier um, that you overcame some adversity. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, overcoming adversity and how, you know, those, those steps or those missteps made you a better, not only a better player, but a, a better person in the long run. Yeah. And, and, you know, those, those mishaps and mistakes, they're going to happen. I mean, in everyone's life, everyone's going to have them. Um, it's a part of our journey and everyone is, is different with that journey. And, you know, for me, um, I had some stuff happen off the court um, that may have hindered me, you know, in, in my professional career or whatever it may be, but um, I've learned from that and, and I've came back to be able to give back to the youth and give back to the community and, and learn from those mistakes and, um, be able to tell these kids coming up who want to be in the same position that I am as far as, you know, playing high-level basketball and, uh, you know, kind of give them the knowledge that um, they need going forward. And um, that's kind of why I'm here. And, and that's that's why I've been through and uh, went through the mistakes and things that happened to me so I could share that to these kids now and give that to this, this knowledge to these kids. Um, you know, that's what I feel like my purpose is other than um, being able to teach these kids the game of basketball and, um, you know, helping people through the game. Um, this is a part of it, you know what I mean? So, um, like I said, we're, we're all going to have mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. But, uh, you know, how do we deal with them? You know, what are we going to do to figure that those out when we make them? And um, what are the people we're going to put around us to help us, um, you know, deal with those mistakes? And, um, you know, the biggest thing I tell these kids is, um, you know, really stay positive through the ups and downs and then try to stay consistent with doing the right things every day, you know, you want to just pay attention and be aware of the little details that, that really mean the most because all those little details really add up to the big things in, in, in the big picture, you know? So um, I really try to preach that and, and tell the kids that, I, you know, that, that I help out, whether it's basketball or, or off the court. And, um, you know, it's helped me. And, and still to this day, I'm still learning, you know what I mean? I'm still, you know, figuring it all out. And, um, you know, I think as I continue to help these kids, um, learn and grow it, it you know it helps me in that same respect absolutely absolutely and you know those those daily habits are what create success right and you know how you do anything is how you do everything and taking those you know whether it be um, a simple drill or boxing out or whatever 
uh, the things that some people might look at as little are the things that are, you know, at the end of the day, the difference between a win and a loss, the difference between, you know, a championship or going home early, right? Um, talk to me a little bit about making that transition, you know, as a player, you know, obviously you, you grew up in Michigan, but, you know, playing on, on the AAU scene, playing with the Hurricanes and Greer and all those guys, you traveled all around during high school, you go to Oak Hill, you're traveling all around the country, go to Syracuse. You pretty much have seen the United States as a whole uh, taking your talents overseas. Talk to me a little bit about that transition, what that was like, uh, you know, the, the positives, the negatives, you know, just all the things that went along with being a, a professional basketball player, you know, playing in, in an area in an uncomfortable or un, um, unfamiliar land. Well, at first, I mean, you know, like you said, we've never been overseas, so kind of nervous, right? Nervous that I'm going to a whole other country by myself without my family. Um, it's not like I'm going from Michigan to Virginia or Michigan to New York. You know, it's I'm going, you know, all the way over to Australia or, or New Zealand or Europe or whatever it is. So I'm definitely nervous. But, um, you know, then I'm thinking, you know, man, I get to travel the world and see the world. Um, play basketball and, and get paid for it, you know? So, I mean, a lot of people would break their neck to be able to do that, that type of thing. And, you know, then once I get over there and experience, you know, all the different cultures, like I said, I was in Australia, New Zealand, uh, Ukraine, you know, I spent time in Italy, Russia, um, where else Israel. So, um, and probably a couple of few others I can't really think of, but, you know, it was really one of the best things that happened to me as far as like, it, it opened my mind and, and um, broadened my horizons and gave me a whole nother perspective to look at. You know what I mean? Like the United States, it's, it's way more than that, you know, and, and seeing how people live. And I remember just being in Ukraine and just kind of seeing, um, you know, how it was over there and, you know, a lot of poverty and how people were living. And um, it's a whole, a whole different world, you know what I mean? So um, it humbled me and then it gave me a different perspective and it, and it made me thankful and grateful, um, you know, that I was where I was from, you know, or, you know, so, um, uh, and then, you know, being, being able to come back and share those stories and, and that knowledge with, with people where I'm from and, um, and around my area, um, you know, cause not a lot of people get to do that. Like I said, and I'm grateful for that, man. It just, it helped me as a person more than anything, just to kind of broaden my mind and open up my mind to different things. And that's awesome. I mean, you know, being able to share those stories, but, but the biggest thing, the thing that stands out the most about what you said is that, that growth of perspective, right? Like a lot of times, uh, you know, I'm from Detroit and, you know, when, when we're kids and that's all we've seen, you know, we may, you know, look at our existence and, oh man, that's messed up or that's not, you know, um, you know, you see things and you don't appreciate them the same, right? Right. And, and you, you go overseas and you see things and you say, well, you know, I can't believe I complained about that, right? And um, you realize that a lot of times the problems are the things that you perceive as problems in your life. You know, there's somebody on the other side of the world that's praying to have your problems, right? Because yeah. their problems are about 10 times bigger than the problems that you have. So being able to experience the world and utilizing the game of basketball as a vehicle to see the world and, and just ultimately change your entire life and broaden your horizons and see things that otherwise you wouldn't have had an opportunity to see. Uh, talk to me a little bit about coming to the grips of, and, and you know, it's a little bit different for you because you're still playing, you're still, you know, playing in the summers with Bayheim's army in the tournament. Uh, but talk to me a little bit with coming to the grips of, all right, it's about to be over for me, right? It's winding down. It's time to make that transition. 
know, how did you navigate through that mentally? Talk to me a little bit about, you know, the reality of the air is about to come out of the ball. What, what has that process been like for you? Man, still going through it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's tough, man. Like it's when you've been doing something your whole life, uh, you know, like I said in the beginning, seven, eight years old, um, that's what I was doing every single day. Um, and, and yeah, to be able to come to grips with it, that, you know, it's, it's come, it's winding down, you know, um, you know, the body hints at it every now and then. Um, but you know, I'm still doing it and I'm still going to do it till I can't. But I think what really put me at peace was that I'm still able to be around the game and still, um, being able to share my knowledge, um, with this younger generation, you know, through training, through coaching and, and things like that. So. Um, as long as I'm around it and, and, you know, being able to be involved with it and share my knowledge, I think that gives me a, a, a you know, a calm and a, and a sort of peaceful, you know, feeling. Um, but it's tough, man. It's like, cause that's your identity, right? That's like what you've been doing your whole life. Like that's what you identify as. And, um, and I think, like I said, going overseas, it really kind of helped me see other things. Cause I think a lot of times we can get tunnel vision. You know, just as just as basketball players, as, as people in general, but as an athlete, you can get tunnel vision and and limit yourself to where like this is what you are, and um, you know this is the only thing that you can do. And and when people are done, now they're they're kind of like, oh man, what am I, what do I do? You know what I mean? So being overseas and seeing people do other stuff, and you know being exposed to different things, um, I think gave me a, a a different mindset early. Like, all right, I can still be able to do different things. Um, you know when I'm done playing, if I'm not playing, you know, through the game of basketball and, um, and just being able to reach out and connect with different people. Um, you have opportunities outside of the game of basketball as well. So, um, man, fortunate enough to be able to learn some of that stuff early and um, have an open mind about, you know, stuff other than basketball. But, um, you know, I'm going to continue to keep doing it, man. And, um, you know, but still transition and um, getting to that other, other world is, um, you know, through basketball, but, uh, you know, learning other things as well. So it sounds like, uh, it sounds like having the game still in your life and having it, whether it be through training, coaching, the tournament, whatever the case may be, um, it, it slowed that, that transitional curve where it's not that drastic, you know, one day you're here and you're playing and then tomorrow it's over and you're right. just sitting there trying to figure it all out. You, you've had a little bit of a, a transitional period to kind of feel it and work through it um, and, and re-identify, right? Like you said, as athletes, you know, that's where our identity goes and that's where it flows to. Um, and, and it takes a little while to, to find who you are outside of the identity of being an athlete or, you know, being a, uh, a basketball player, football player, whatever the case may be. And you've had the opportunity to kind of ease that transition a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about you know, going from the playing side uh, to the coaching and training side and what that transition's been like, you know, the, the positives, the, the, the hurdles that you've overcome um, and, and getting to the side of teaching the game versus playing the game. So, I mean, I love coaching. You know, first of all, I love being able to give back to people. Um, and then I love basketball. So let's put those two things together, you know, giving, giving back to people through the game of basketball. Um, and, you know, it's a lot it's a lot tougher than people think, right? Cause you know, first of all, it's saturated. Now everyone's trying to do it and, and they're not doing it the right way. Um, and it doesn't matter if you have played the game or not, you know, it's, it's different when you're trying to teach somebody how to play the game. 
you know what I mean? And what I've learned, especially, you know, with these young kids is um, you got to try to put yourself in their shoes. Like they, they're not thinking and they don't have the same perspective when you're teaching it as you would, you know what I mean? So um, a lot of patience um, and being able to have that, you know, when you're teaching is, is crucial, man. And, um, you know, keeping it basic as, as you can, you know what I mean? I think you try to, cause a lot of people try to go from one to 10 instead of one, two, three, four, five, you know what I mean? It's let's start with the left hand. Let's, let's get that strong. Let's start the left hand, right hand dribble and let's work on left, right, laying it up, left, right, left, you know what I mean? Things, things like that, the basic things. And, um, I'm still learning, man. Like, cause I, and I, I feel myself like getting better with it. And, and I think as I, um, you know, when I teach younger kids, it helps me even learn more because now I got to kind of figure out creative ways to teach. Like, you know what I mean? It might like, all right, like I can teach this guy a regular, you know, left, right into the, and this a right land, right hand layup, but this kid is seven or eight years old. So he might not understand it, how this 14 year old might understand it. So now you got to be creative and, you know, figure different ways. So, um, it's a challenge, man, but it's, it's definitely different than playing. Like, you know, playing all I had to go, I'm just I'm going out there and hoping, you know what I mean? So I've been doing that my whole life. Now it's, um, you got to figure out ways to how, how can I get him to figure, to understand this? You know what I mean? The way that, you know, he can, you know what I mean? I know I can get it, but, um, so it's been challenged, man. It's been fun. And, um, you know, I think it's it's opened up a lot of different possibilities for myself as well. So um, just looking forward to continuing to build on that and, and growing in that as well. One of the things you said that stands out, um, you know, a lot of guys want to go from one to ten. And it's, it's important to go one, two, three, four, five and right. build up to that ten. And that sounds a little bit like the European training model. Do you feel like from being overseas that changed kind of your – viewpoint of player development or of coaching and training based off of like, like you know for example overseas they're fundamental you know sometimes overtrained, right right you know, and here it's more like you know feel and and play the game and you know just instinct um do you feel like that overseas model for you is is giving you that that hybrid between you know the feel and and the training and development side or talk to me a little bit about that well, you always, you know, being around the game, you always want to take the pros and cons from everywhere you go, right, and kind of make your own of it. Um, and being over in Europe, it's you don't want to be robotic, right? But you definitely want to break the game down to where it's, you know, simple. And, and you want to work your way up, like we said, um, step by step. And I think it's crazy because even just watching all these, like, Instagram videos and Twitter videos, like <laughs> – it almost sucked me in to be like, oh, dribble behind the back, cross cross. It sucks me in because it, it like it looks good sometimes, right? But then you're like, man, you'll never, you'll never do that. You know what I mean? Like, you'll never ever do that. You're like, let's let's work on your your footwork and you know your shooting form and, and, and things like that. So um, that's really what you know. I think these kids can get get messed up by watching that stuff and um, you're like, hey, why aren't we doing this? Like, what what is really good over in Europe is that they focus on the stuff that matters and it's boring, but the kids listen and they, and they buy in, you know, I think over here, you know, it can be tough if somebody gets a hold of a kid and then they're selling them something totally different. And then when they come to you, it's like, you know, they don't want to stick with it. You know what I mean? You know, I've had kids come to me where it's, you know, they might go a week, they might go, you know, four days, but at the end of the day, you got to be able to take what, what I give you and then do it by yourself consistently. You know what I mean? And, 
that's what's missing is the consistency. You, you're not going to be good if you do it once or twice a week. You got to do it every single day. And it, it has to be the boring stuff. It has to be the footwork. It has to be the, you know, getting your elbow in, holding your follow through. And, um, and then when we get past that stuff, then we can kind of talk about, you know, other things and, and build on that. And, and, and even then it's still going to be simple. You know what I mean? Now it's just like, now you're learning how to, you know, play the game and think the game and, and move it up the ball, things like that. So, um, I think Europe has it down as far as that goes. Um, and, and, and we're kind of getting away from it more and more as far as, um, teaching the game the right way. And so, you know, and, and, and you could be teaching the game the right way, but it's so many people teaching it the other way. It's, you could be the wrong guy. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how it's, how it's feeling like what it's going towards. So, you know, just want to be able to try to teach the game the right way and, um, you know, doing it the best way I know how. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in that process, um, it sounds like you've, you've fallen in love with the game from a whole different perspective, right? Um, a more cerebral approach, a more, you know, utilizing as an opportunity to give back, you know, utilizing yeah. as an opportunity uh, to, to be about something bigger than you and more, more than yourself. Um, is this a journey or is this a path that you see yourself being down on, on for the long run? Or, you know, is there something that you're thinking beyond basketball? Where's your mind at when you think about, you know, your future, you think about the next you know, five years or so for Eric Bibendorf? Well, I think basketball is, is giving me the opportunity to be able to help people. And then um, as I've been doing more and more through the game of basketball and helping people, it's just, opened me up to want to help people in, in different capacities. Like, you know, we just had a back to school event um, where obviously basketball was involved, but then we had free haircuts and um, shoes and backpacks and shirts and, um, you know, things like that. So um, it just, it, it opens up more opportunities for myself um, to be able to do things in the community and around. And I think when you just do things like that and um, wholeheartedly, you know, things just, opportunities just come about out of nowhere. It's weird. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you do great things and it's like another thing pops up. Hey, we want you to do this. And, and then everything just kind of builds and builds. So I just want to continue to, you know, do what I love to do, which is, you know, um, coach basketball, play basketball and give back through the game of basketball. And then, uh, you know, give back, you know, to my community here in Syracuse, you know, however I can. And Syracuse has given me an awesome platform for me to be able to have a, a large reach out here and, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have that support to really get things going and, and, and get things moving. So I'm um, just going to keep trying to do more things like that. And um, I just know, you know, different opportunities come about from, you know, things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, you, you've had a, a hell of a career. You've had, you know, a lot to, to look back on and be proud of. You've had a lot of growth, a lot of accomplishments, a lot of success. When you think about your career and you think about you know guys that are navigating through the recruiting process and you're putting yourself because you talked about from your training you're putting yourself in those in those players shoes right so putting yourself in the shoes of a guy that's going through that process now going through the recruiting process trying to find a school um maybe he's already on campus what's some advice that you would give you know to your your former self you know navigating through all those different things some of the things that maybe if you knew what you knew now, you might have done a little bit differently. What What's that message to that next generation? Well, as far as these kids now, um, I think it really doesn't matter where you go to school as far as like the level of, you know, whether it's ACC or whether it's, uh, you know, a lower, uh, a mid-major school. Um, go where it fits you. 
go where you're going to have the best opportunity to grow and learn and get better. Um, you know, you don't want to be going there one year and then you're behind, you're, you know, behind some guy for three years and you have one year to, to do what you do, go there where you get an opportunity. Um, you know, it might be a year of a, a one year grind, but, um, you're able to have those couple years to be able to really flourish. And, um, you know, as far as the individuals individually and, um, be patient, be patient. Like, you know, like it's going to be some ups and downs. Um, you're going to, uh, have times where you feel overwhelmed with like, you know, having new experiences with being by yourself, going to school, having to have this time management to, you know, juggle these tests, these exams and traveling on the road, being away and, um, you know, getting all those things done and then being able to have to go out and still perform. You know what I mean? So it can be a lot for a young kid coming in for the first time. So just be patient, um, you know, take those blows, you know, eat them. You know what I mean? You, you got to be able to go through that to get better and, and grow and, um, you know, make sure you have positive people around you in your circle to, to let you know that you're going to be good. It's part of it. It's part of the process. Um, so if I think they can be able to, you know, focus on that, be patient um, and, and, you know, take those mistakes and learn from them. I mean, they'll be in a good place. That's awesome. Man, I appreciate you taking the time to, to step away and holler at us and drop some gems because I think that, you know, it's important for guys to learn from the steps of those before them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of times we, we want to feel like we have all the answers or we can do it our way and we don't have to, you know, seek guidance. But um, it's important. And one of the things that I love the most about your journey is you're transparent. Hey, you know, I had some missteps. I had some mistakes, but, you know, they made me better. They made me stronger. They made me, you know, and a lot of times people don't want to share, you know, we, we live in a... Uh, we live in a filtered society, right? Like, right. you know, social media has put us in a position where, you know, we have the ability to filter out, you know, both literally and figuratively, right? What we're going to share. And we can make everything so beautiful and the delivery of everything so beautiful. And we can hide all the imperfections and hide all the uglies. Right. Um, but those imperfections are where growth happens. Those imperfections are where characters built. So, you know, you being able to have that transparency to say, hey, you know what? look, it wasn't all smooth sailing. It wasn't a, you know, a straight path, you know, and that made me stronger. I think that these kids need to hear that. Um, so I know without a doubt, the, the, the kids that you're pouring into, uh, both on the court and, and off the court, you know, they're going to be much better off for having a you in their life. Uh, so super dope, the things that you're doing. And I appreciate you sharing some of that journey here today. Uh, and I hope that at least one kid learned something from it and is able to say, okay, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, man, if we can hit maybe one, two, you know, it's better than zero, right? That's 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 the whole goal to be able to reach somebody and hopefully they can reach another. So that's awesome, man. I appreciate you having me on. For sure. Thank you, man. We'll talk soon. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you. Yeah.